Hello and welcome to BA Brew. I'm Mike. I'm Karen. And I'm Jonathan. And I'm delighted to welcome Karen to this episode of the BA Brew. Karen emailed us to, to suggest that we talk about a subject that's that's dear to her heart, which is which is around solutions and how, well, we're not really supposed to talk about solutions, but Karen, tell us a bit about why you think um, solutions and talking about solutions is, is important. Yeah, so thanks, Mike. So I suppose this came from me um, noticing that over the last couple of years, it's become more and more um, of a... Of a thing to actually tell people to not talk about solutions so I've noticed that my change colleagues will say to people um, don't don't talk to, about solutions they'll admonish the stakeholders and actually it seems to have coined a new word as well which is solutionizing I, I'm not sure that that was a word before so that you'll get quite a lot of people saying don't solutionize and that felt uncomfortable to me it didn't feel like something that, um, that that met with my values and beliefs. So I thought I would I would reflect on why I felt uncomfortable. When I thought about it, I realised that I very strongly, as a business analyst, think that you need to build those relationships with the stakeholders so that they really trust that you can that you're going to listen to them and that you're going to try and get the best out of any solution that we that we're going to deliver to, to meet their problems. Um, and you want to start to build that relationship. So telling them not to talk about something at the beginning mm -hmm. feels like a real blocker. So when I thought about that and I thought about how that doesn't work, I thought, how can we spin it round? So how might we engage with those solutions and those discussions more positively than perhaps just shutting them down? Yeah, it's, and it's, it's quite an interesting one, and, and we were we were very interested in the subject when we talked about it. And the um, the problem I see there is that actually you talk to a stakeholder who who may have gone down a particular route with a solution, and they're really committed and really enthusiastic about it. And there's there's lots of stuff that they've they've um, they've put into that, lots of uh, effort and capital they've got invested in it. And if you say, "Oh, no, we're not going to talk about that." That's quite that's quite a blow. That's that could be quite damaging for that relationship. I don't know if you've you've had any experiences like that, Jonathan, or or anything other similar things. I certainly certainly heard that phrase, or oh, you mustn't <clears throat> solutionize, so you can't talk about the solution. And so it's it's one that I've seen. And when you suggested it, Karen, I was like, yes, we do need to talk about that on the brew. Um I've got a real problem with telling anyone what they can or cannot say. So in terms of when you talk about your, your values and your beliefs, I don't think we should be telling other people what they should or shouldn't say. I think that that's, uh, I think it's rude um, uh, and, and disrespectful. So if it's another change professional who's telling you as a business analysis professional what you should or shouldn't say, I, I have an issue with that, just, just from irrespective of whether or not you're talking about solutions. And then for us to not talk about a solution if the stakeholder has got it in mind and it may be that that is the preferred solution why would you not talk about it so if we've decided on it's this if it's a piece of technology for example it's our chosen strategic piece of technology that's that's what we're developing with for example but we can't talk about it that's that's just nonsense that's kind of there's a rule there that makes very, very limited sense to me. Is it worth us looking at where maybe this came from? Why is it that there's perception that we can't talk about solutions, though? Um, I've got some ideas on that. I'm sure you guys have as well. But 
what, where do you think it comes from, this idea that as a business analyst, you can't talk about a solution? Yeah, I, th I thought about that as well, Jonathan, when I was when I was considering this. And I think some of it comes from the past. So I, I've been around as a BA for a long time. So I remember um, and even before business analysts were really um, out there and, and popular within within IT. I was around then as well, so I know it feels surprising. Um, but yeah, I think because back then it was very much, there wasn't that space for thinking about the solution. There wasn't that um, it, that realization of the importance of the tool set that we come with as, as BAs to help understand the problem space and, mm. and understand the, the, the system of interest and really consider that to get to the right solution. Um, there was a lot of people bringing their ideas and those getting delivered. And then of course, we all know that that caused lots of problems when things didn't turn out quite as expected. Mm -hmm. So I think that people kind of make those statements and close people down, close stakeholders down on that, on that premise. But we've moved so much further forward than, than that, that you know, it's a bit of a hangover from the past, I think. Yeah, yeah that kind of hard systems approach where you uh, have a someone telling a technician exactly what to do and how to do it without giving them empowerment to, to decide. And, and the opposite being the soft systems approach where we explore the concepts, the ideas, and we'll try and find the most beneficial holistic solution for the business problems, opportunities. And it's you see it's a sort of a reaction to something that we you know this is what we're talking like 20 30 40 years ago you know, this is careful a now Jonathan. challenge um, <laughs> <laughs> some time ago um but it's 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 a it's an overhang and and if we're going to be relevant and current for uh today's world where we're using digital technologies and we're we're using agile uh, delivery approaches we're using the concepts like business design and design thinking to not talk about the solution seems a very much a backward step to me. Um, I think there's there's a bit of a problem because um, off, well, quite often in, in some of my BA work and, and requirements analysis work, I, I'm quite old as well. Um, hard to believe, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> but, but in, no, it's not that hard to believe. Is it? Um, and, a number of times we'll be presented with a solution and it's, well, that's what I want, help me get that. Um, and actually as, as BAs and, and as requirements analysts, we wanted to find out what the requirement was, what's the problem we're trying to solve here rather than the solution. Now, sometimes that solution that they've come up with might be the right answer. Sometimes it isn't, sometimes it might solve part of the problem, it might resolve a symptom. And, and maybe it's sort of a purist um, analyst view is saying, well, let's identify the problem ignore the solution for now and focus on the problem and then work forward from there which as as you said Karen there, there is a risk there of actually alienating your stakeholders you're not doing a very good job of building up rapport and I think there's a lot to learn from the stakeholder about how they've got to that solution even if it, even if we don't think that's the right solution they've invested a lot of thought into that and there, there may be particular things they've seen that that actually are probably useful to us as BAs to understand the nature of the problem and, and, and where we need to go with that. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts were of, of that. Do, do you think possibly that we've, we've 
been too solution focused in the past. We've not focused enough on the problem opportunity space. And because of maybe that history of failed projects where solutions have been selected too early, that we've now got this view that you cannot and should not speak about solutions. Maybe, maybe it is an over, overreaction to that, potentially, yeah. I think it I think it is but I think as well I think it's human nature to come up with with solutions options you know the thing pops into your head as to the answer um and I'll talk about in a minute about what I sort of think we might want to do about that but that's that doesn't mean that we've got this space as business analysts to explore the problem so we need to embrace that and sometimes I suppose it's whether or not the particular business analyst involved has got the confidence to realise that they are there for that reason. And so maybe we need to think about, you know, giving people that confidence that they, it's fine, you know, people will come with solutions, that's fine, that's that's human nature, but we are there to, to help explore that and understand that a bit more and get to the, get to the right solution for them which may be the one that they've come with or may not be but we need to do that work to 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 assure that mm. it comes back to what, what's the ba role there to do so to what what is our value proposition what is it that business analysis offers well aren't we there to help the business achieve business outcomes and we'll explore that we've got loads of different tools to help the business achieve those business outcomes but if helping the business by talking about the problem space and the solution space helps us to achieve the business outcomes. That seems to me like a more forward-looking, progressive, professional discipline than one that will only look at the opportunity problem space. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it's half the role. If you can't help the business to prototype, iterate, to build practical solutions to their problems, we're kind of we're passing the buck a little bit to some other change professionals possibly to do that for us and it doesn't seem like we've got an end-to-end -end view if we can't talk about the solution no I, I i agree with what you're saying there jonathan i think in a lot of approaches we have in in business analysis we take we take an approach from different angles so we'll do a bottom-up and a top-down view actually yeah. um we could we could step back and say what's the requirement what's the need you're trying to address but if you if you look at somebody's solution and say well what benefit are you going to get from that? that? That benefit view can help you then work backwards as well. So, so you, you can use you can take the solution through to a benefit, which might not be the right benefit they're looking for, but then it enables you to step back and say, well, okay, well, maybe that solution isn't the best way of doing that. Hmm. Um, but it's you, but you're kind of taking them forward before you step back to then think about the problem a bit more. So you're not dismissing their solution. You're helping them to think it through. And, and hopefully, if it isn't the most appropriate solution, they realise it's not the, the most appropriate solution and, and they don't have to have that discussion with you, with you saying, oh, we're not talking about your solution because it's wrong. They'll come to, they'll come to grips with it. Great they way to build a relationship. Absolutely, yeah. You're not, you're not going to build a relationship. You say, no, no, sorry, your solution. No, it's definitely no. Now I know better than you to forget what you said. I know what you need. It just doesn't, it just doesn't feel it, it, like you're inviting people in to have a discussion, does it? Mm. We want to uh, position ourselves as trusted advisors. We're not going to be trusted advisors if the first thing we say is, well, don't talk about that. Yeah. Hmm. Is it worth, Karen, you, you telling us, uh, you, I think you've got some ideas on approaches for dealing with this? Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a reframing in, 
I think perhaps and it helps maybe with some of those people that some of those BAs who think who do shy away with it from it because of the history that we talked about earlier with the we just used to go down to the to the you know straight to the delivery do not pass go you know and 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 and, and keep going and then deliver um so yeah I think the first thing really I guess there was three things when I reflected and I'd be interested people watching this where how they get with this th these ideas but um I think the first is the reframing of it so it's not it's not the solution it's a it's a solution proposal or perhaps to borrow a little bit from service design it's a mental prototype mm. and if you reframe it in your head like that then I think you can engage with it more positively and perhaps put aside that you're setting an expectation that somebody's come with you to deliver x and you're just going to go away and deliver it so I think that's that reframing is important um, and then I think once you've reframed it there's probably a couple of things you could a couple of places you could go with that so the first is that because it's far easier for someone to imagine a situation when they've got something to, to base it on. You could get your stakeholders to think about what the future is going to be like and how they're going to think, act and feel mm -hmm. when that solution's in place. And so that that's really going to help you maybe uncover some of the gaps, um, make them think about maybe where what other people's perspectives, other functions perspectives mm -hmm. might be on that solution. Um, and you get to understand really where what they're feeling about in terms of the problem, because I think some of that that conversation would uncover will uncover that as well. And then I, the third thing, I think you could probably take that even further and actually role play that solution. So in the same way that you do the prototyping in service design, you could take that as the proposed, the mental prototype, the proposed solution and walk them through it. And, and get other people involved take it as far as you need to other people other processes I think looking at it that way and and taking those steps are far more compelling in terms of far more will provide far more richness in your understanding of the problem than you would ever get from sitting in front of somebody and saying what's your requirements in this space mm. and what are you trying to do in this because it's quite difficult as human beings generally to think in that way you have to have something concrete to base your thoughts on so yeah that was my that's my suggestions and I have tried a, a few of them out in little bits and you know little places but I'd be interested to see if that if that makes it makes it more engaging it makes it more it gives you a stronger relationship building and like I say as well it, it you get a richer set of information from that I think I'm, I'm going to guess, Karen, that, that the managing expectations in terms of using that that model, that approach, managing expectations that this is one of the available prototypes, this is one of the available options. I can help you explore it, but there may be others, and 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 helping people along that it's a change journey, isn't it? In terms of the idea through to the through to the delivery, I, I, I could see that that could be quite useful um, and very much outcome focused as well, Karen, that kind of mm -hmm. what will the solution give you in terms of what do you think and feel once it's there? So no, it, it sounds sounds really reasonable. Um, yeah, I, I really like that. I think that the whole idea of exploring the sort of empathy, getting some empathy with the, that stakeholder and, and with other stakeholders and then exploring that forward, it sounds like a really sort of positive approach. 
Mm. Um, yeah, that sounds really, really positive and really, it's, it's going to help you build rapport as well, because actually all of that, um, some people might love and some people might not like the role play quite as much. You don't have to call it role play, but just let's <laughs> let's explore this and sort of um, yeah, yeah. take an example, we walk through a scenario. We don't We don't necessarily have to dress up in banana costumes or whatever other costumes are available <laughs> you, you could you could wear whatever's applicable if a banana suit's applicable in this particular solution mental or mental solution proposal mental prototype then you you go ahead yeah Absolutely. i think i think i think jonathan's point was really important too about setting the expectations so yes you do need to try and mm. you need to frame it that this is this is exploratory and this isn't saying, you know, this isn't, isn't saying, right, okay, well, we're going to work out the steps to deliver. What we're no, trying we to gain is more information and more. Absolutely. You're not committing to that particular yeah. solution. You're just saying, well, let's let's go with it. We're not dismissing it at this point, but we're going to go with it and see, because it might actually help us explore some other possibilities or, or um, identify some challenges that we might have that we then might need to take further. Mm. One of the things I do, um, I, I, I like the Zachman framework, so I like to go a bit geeky on, on the pod but so Zagman framework's got lots of things in there it's got uh, who what why when where how for example but the other thing it has is it's got layers of level of detail so you've got contextual conceptual logical physical detailed and functioning and when I think about solutions I know that I'm at a um a physical I'm thinking about a physical solution and and I'm okay with that if that's the right if we're in a project where it's the right time and the right place to talk about physical solutions i can help with those types of projects and i can do very productive ba work against the, the physical solution but i'm also happy working at the logical layer and the conceptual ideas layer above that but what, what i think would be useful when we're thinking about solutions is to know that we are potentially constraining design choices if we don't consider the other solutions or the other logical ways of fixing the problem or the opportunity at hand. And one of the things that I think is really important going forward for business analysis is concepts and ideas and being comfortable exploring ideas that help us to push forward the boundaries of the businesses in which we work and not being constrained by, you need to go and buy this solution. Being very aware when we do select solutions your organization might already have a solution that does that very same thing. Um, I've worked in organizations that have had many, many different versions of exactly the same software application. And each project comes along and installs a new version of that software solution. And you get just get repetition and it, it's, it all gets a bit messy. Um, so I, I went off on a bit of a tangent with Zachman, but knowing where you are relative to selecting a solution versus your context I think it's really key and, and one that us as BA should have more discussions about so that we can test is it okay to solutionize here or not have we thought about all of the logical and conceptual ways that we could maybe meet this business need um but I'll stop ranting I know I've talked too much there Mike <laughs> no it made sense I think when you were talking about that and I'm not as familiar with Zachman as, as you obviously are but um, I was thinking you're almost saying that you're um, hacking one of the solution options to take you back to the conceptual and logical. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you're realizing that, you know, your stakeholders aren't, they're, they're not trained to do that. So you're taking them on that journey to get back to those steps. Yeah. 
and and maybe don't even mention Zachman to them if you know. No, perhaps not. It doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean that you'll influence them positively. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you need to expose some of the models sometimes, but you take the thinking and the and the and the rationale behind those to to inform your approach. It could be something as simple as drawing a use case diagram to look at the logical, the logical what is it that we're trying to achieve here and. And that that might help you then to explore you know there could be other possible better solutions maybe um just as a as a as a possible technique there are others you can use in that space as well i'm uh, very conscious that uh, we could talk about this for ages um that i think we've established that actually talking about the solution is actually quite it, it's it's a valuable thing um we we avoid uh, um destroying any chance of rapport by actually exploring that with our stakeholders. Karen, would you like to share your, your three-phase model again? Because I, I tried to write it down, but I didn't. So just talk about those three, tell us those three things that you think we should do. As a quick okay, start. so yeah, so um, first one is reframing it. So thinking about the solution that they've come to you with as perhaps a solution proposal or a mental prototype. And then reframing that and perhaps setting the expectation as well, then it'll allow you to, to engage with that, that idea more positively and get more information out of it. So the other two, two points were around how you might do that. Um, second one was whether or not you get them to imagine what that solution, what the future would look like with that solution, how things might be different how how things might um, change for other people. And then you can take it a little bit further and go into role play space if you feel comfortable with that, if you've got a banana suit in, in your cupboards and, and take them through that. And I think all of those three steps will get you, will en enable you to engage with your stakeholder more positively, but actually help you as well okay. take get to those requirement steps easier because you've had though you've had a richer conversation well as you've been going through that i've i've been agonizing trying to come up with an acronym that we can use and, and copyright within assist but I, I've, I've simply failed to do so so um i'm sure somebody else can suggest something so no ombos today i'm afraid <laughs> okay I, i'd like to say jonathan did you want to say anything else or no nothing <laughs> I, I like i like the i like the step the framework that Karen you propose it shows to me the value of prototyping as a way of exploring requirements around solutions and and considering you know the, the prototyping is as good as any other approach for eliciting and analyzing and validating your requirements yeah it's great it's, it's it is really powerful to have something tangible to talk around even if it's not the right answer it helps it helps the conversation doesn't it Anyway, I'm going to wrap things up now. I want to say thank you, especially um, warm thank you to Karen for, for bringing this subject to us and, and joining us on the pod. Um, thank you to everybody who's uh, joined us to uh, watch the pod and listen to the pod today. If any of you have any ideas for a great subject to talk about on the pod, then please feel free to email us. Our email address is babrew at assistkd.com. Thanks again and see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.